before we move on, I just feel like there is a beautiful spirit here. It's God's spirit. And it doesn't matter where we are in the mix of knowing him or not knowing him or knowing him well or feeling like we're only just discovering who he is. He is here in this place for this moment. And I love what Dave shared. He, it doesn't matter if anybody in this place doesn't acknowledge you or connect with you. He sees you. And actually, I just want to pray over us. Um, the microphone swaps everywhere. I just want to pray over us because although I love these words, um, it's more than I can stand. Sounds like a terrible negative thing when we say I can't stand that. Um, I feel like it's it's more than we can contain. And but I know for some of us that um, melting in His peace sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And so I want to pray over us that today we discover what that actually looks like in the love that He has for us, that we actually melt in His peace. Alright, so I'm just going to pray over all of us. Lord, I thank you that you have made a way for us to be in intimate relationship with you. There are no barriers except the ones that we put up. So Lord, I want to pray that today as you speak, Lord, our ears will be open to hear, that we will understand that your peace, we can actually melt into that space. Because your arms are safety. Your arms are safe. So God, I just pray that wherever people are at in this place today, you will show them what peace looks like, your peace looks like for them in their situation. Whatever that situation is, God, nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. So I just pray blessing over everybody here today that they will hear from you, they will understand your voice, and that your peace will overwhelm and that we will all melt into that space. Not fight it, not struggle with it, melt into that peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. And thank you that you are here with us right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We might have some time at the end where we're going to do some prayer, I think. I just feel like God wants to do that. I feel like I'm carrying 16 microphones here. Do I need to use this one? Okay, I'm plugged in wrong. Okay, good. <laughs> thank you, band. Don't we love that? That was just beautiful. That was beautiful. Just love it. I know they don't look for this, but there is something about serving the Lord on a music team. There's, a, there's quite a bit required of you. And um, Kirk, that was beautiful playing. You played beautifully. So thank you. Okay. Um, I've just got a couple of notices. So Jalen and Nathan... Give us a wave. Are off to Japan. How exciting. I know. It's very exciting. So at the back, there is, um, for those of you that were here last week, you heard them share about what God's, the journey God's taken them on and that they're going to go and do YWAM over there and serve the Lord that way. So they have a um, brochure, a fly here that tells you all about what they're doing. So if you missed it, grab a brochure. But also, if you're interested in supporting them in any way, then... Um, 
They're going to be walking around afterwards with this sheet of paper because we said people get chatting afterwards and forget to go back to it at the table. So if you're interested in just supporting them, talking to them more about it, they're very open to having a chat. But we want to support them as their family as they head off and um, do whatever God asks them to do over there. Nathan's going to be preaching in front of thousands. and <laughs> When he comes back, yes. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we want to support them any way we can. So just have a chat with them afterwards and sign up for newsletters and giving, whatever, okay? Whatever God puts on your heart, don't shy away from whatever he might ask of you to do. But um, I will put this down here so that I don't wander around away with it. Um, but that's very exciting. And when do you leave? That's right, fly out, fly out on the 1st of April. So that's not that far away. So uh, whatever time you've got, and they're just about to go to Vietnam as well. <laughs> so, you know, jet setters over here. <laughs> no, they're going to do ministry there too, which is very exciting. So just catch up with them at the end if you, just in case you miss them. Um, also, I just want to say, because we really don't, if you've been here a few times, you know that we don't do a big offering talk every week, right? We don't make a big song and dance about it, but we do have a box at the back that if you, um, because we really actually do believe that worship, worshipping Jesus comes in all forms. And part of that is worshipping him with our money, our finances. So we don't feel like we have to give a big blurb about it every week because actually we, we don't have to tell you here to sing or worship Jesus with your voice. We don't have to tell you to worship Jesus in how you serve each other. So we feel like we shouldn't have to tell you to give money. <laughs> It's part of our worship, but it is part of how actually we as a church will minister to our community. So I'm just going to leave it there. If you have any questions, um, you can always talk to Dave and I or our leaders. Um, and many of you know we've been talking about the hub for a long time and we do actually want to start ramping up with what we give. We want to step into a space of sacrifice, not just this is comfortable, I can do this, but actually step into a space where we're like, actually, I want, to, I want this to cost me something. Nothing worth doing really doesn't, doesn't, hang on, let me, I'm going to get too many double negatives happening here. If we want to do something significant, it will cost us. We have to recognise that, okay? So I'm not just talking about financial, I'm talking about anything. If we want to do something well, it will cost us. So um, we are going to, you know, keep this on the agenda to some degree, but I just wanted to point out that we don't make a big fuss about it most weeks, but um, the box is at the back, okay? There you go, I'll leave it there. Um, I also just want to explain that I was not here last week and I think Dave told you I was um, down in Sydney um, ready for our CRC, which is the movement we're part of, okay? CRC Church is international and I am part of the state executive so I was at a meeting Monday and Tuesday this week, just gone in Sydney. And so I just want to explain sometimes that role requires me to, to be, you know, dotting around all over the place. So it's not because I don't love you. <laughs> I just have responsibilities that I'm serving the pastors in our state, actually, is what that role is. And so, and I love it and I feel called to it and I feel privileged to do it. Um, and I know that you will just get on with what you're doing here, which is great. So that's cool. Um, also, next Sunday I won't be here because I'm going to a study camp, which is very exciting. I've never been to one. Who's been to a study camp ever? No, okay. Well, you could all come with me if you want. No, you can't. <laughs> no, it's very exciting. For my study, I'm going to Melbourne for a week to do an intensive on spiritual formation. How good is that? 
I may come back an absolute mess or I'm, I'm just going to believe that God is going to do something outstanding and I will listen and respond. Really, that's what I'm going to do. Also, this is very exciting news. I've, if we had drums, I would ask for a drum roll, but we don't have drums, so that's fine. Yeah, drum roll. Okay. We are having a church camp. <laughs> Who's excited? Okay, I can hear a few excited people. All right. Are there what? Shout. Have to fight. Oh, yes, David said there is, so there you go. There's plumbing. <laughs> don't have to uh, dig a hole. Not that. <laughs> no, we, we, <laughs> we're very excited. We're going to Scott's Head. Um, <laughs> no, we'll give you a little bit more notice the weekend after. No, not. Um, we book, we're booking in the uh, 2nd and 3rd and 4th of June, Okay. So it'll be a little bit cooler, but it won't be too freezing. But it's right on the beach, so we can have beach walks. And a lot of you have actually want to have kind of said to us over the last few years, um, a few people have kind of gone, it'd be great to have a church camp. And obviously the last few years have been a bit of a nightmare to do that. So we were like, okay, let's listen. And the idea is really, it's about community. It's about intimacy with God. It's about us doing that together and having time away that is just to let Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do. All right, and a lot of fun in there as well. So we will in the next week or two have um, some sign-up sheets or some registration forms. I'm not sure exactly yet, but we just wanted you to put it in your diary so you know it's coming and get excited about it. How good. Awesome. Sorry? It's over the weekend. So it'll be a Friday night, Saturday. And probably half of Sunday, we probably won't have a gathering here on Sunday night. I would imagine we'll do, we'll see. But it's, yeah, it's Friday night, Saturday, and then part, part of Sunday. It's good. Hey, good. Yeah, so not, not during the week. Is that what you were meaning? Yeah, it's not during the week. It's weekend. So hopefully that will be great for everybody. So I really should have cleaned my glasses, but never mind. Okay, so I want to talk today. I want to continue on what David spoke a little bit about last week, he, about knowing God. To know the Lord. He, I missed his message, but I, um, he shared with me and I read his notes. <laughs> and so he was talking about knowing God and how actually um, Abraham knew God, but revelation wasn't, he didn't have full revelation. That the, hum, the, you know, the humanness in us, we have part revelation about God. And so I have a question for us to ponder. For us personally today, I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it except for in your own heart, right? Do we believe what God tells us about himself? Just ask yourself that question. Do you believe what God tells us about himself? And the second question is, do we trust him as he reveals himself to us? They're big questions. They're big questions. I think sometimes we think we know who God is and yet there's more to discover. So listen to this quote. According to the Bible, our God is the everlasting Father, the God of hosts, the Lord of heaven and earth, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the comforter, the counsellor, the creator. He is the great physician and the God of all grace. His name is I Am, the Alpha and Omega the Holy One of Israel. We can call him Jehovah, the Most High, 
and the Lord of the living and the dead. He is maker, mediator and man of sorrows. He is our prophet, priest and king, our redeemer, refuge and rock. He is ruler of heaven and earth. He is the friend of sinners. Who would not want to know him? <laughs> what a list. What a list. I actually stopped and thought about that and that's, prob- that's not exhaustive. There would be more than that. But this is our God. This is a God we serve. This is a God we love. This is a God who loves us. This is a God who loves us. I actually was thinking to myself, if somebody had to write a list about who I was, it would not have anywhere near as impressive words as that. <laughs> but this is God. This is God. And his heart is for us to know him. His heart is for us to know him. So if the Bible says that do we, about God, do we actually believe what the Bible tells us about him? So revelation. Having revelation, understanding, is God's part. Let's not get it mixed up, okay? That is God's part. It is up to him to reveal to us what he wants to reveal to us. Our part is believing and trusting the response. That's the response we have. And that increases faith. How good is that? So we're actually not responsible for having to find revelation for ourselves. We can position ourselves in certain ways, but God is the one who reveals truth to us. How good is that? And all he says is you respond. You respond with trust and belief. It sounds so simple, and yet it's very hard sometimes. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, revelation comes in a whole bunch of ways, okay? We are all different, but the Bible is a massive source of revelation, okay? God says who he is in there. There are, there are truths woven right through the scriptures that tell us who God is that remind us of his goodness, that tell us stories of his faithfulness. So through the Bible, I have just a story that that the Lord brought back to mind um, that when I was a child, I don't know how old I would have been, maybe, oh, well, I was probably a teenager actually thinking about it, maybe 13. And I remember my dad was looking for a new job and, um, or there was an opportunity that came up. No, it wasn't my dad. Somebody offered my mum and dad to go and do some ministry with them in... um, somewhere outside of London. We lived in London and somebody offered my mum and dad some ministry and it was a really happening kind of ministry and it would have been very cool. But my mum was like, said to my dad, no, we actually need to pray. We actually need to ask the Lord about this. And she got given a verse and I didn't remember the verse. If I had it earlier, I would have asked her. But I remember her telling me, it said something like, tarry here a while. So it was in the Old Testament somewhere and it, it wasn't even necessarily in context. But she felt the Lord speak to her right there and say, okay, this is not time to go. This is time to stay. And it was a great decision for them because I think if they'd gone and done that, it would have looked very different. And I think God was not necessarily... It wasn't that it was a bad thing. It was a good thing. But it wasn't right for them and us at the time. And so I was grateful that she was listening and that the Lord spoke through the word to them. And um, so through the Bible, the Lord... You've probably all got stories where the Lord's... You've read something and the Lord has said pay attention to that and he's spoken truth to you there's revelation that there's revelation in the prophetic when God speaks 
either through somebody else or directly to you, a prophetic word about what's going on, that is another source of revelation where we hear. We still need to test all this. We need to test that. But it is definitely a way that God speaks and brings revelation through creation. I mean, God speaks of his nature. He reveals himself to us through creation. In fact, you, 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 you and me are actually revelation to the nature of God. How good is that? We were formed, we were created by creator God. And Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, we were formed, we were made in his image. Therefore, when I look at you, I'm taking my glass off so you're not blurry. When I look at you, I see the nature of God. I see the creator's image all in you. So you personally are revelation to the goodness of God and the nature of God. How good is that? You can all walk around going, I'm revelation. Maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> um, now, this is really interesting because two days ago, I was not talking to Aaron about what worship songs he was picking. But as I was thinking about this, thinking about revelation from God, this came to mind. And I typed it in here. The more I seek you, the more I find you. And I couldn't remember the next bit. I jumped to. <laughs> I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. And then this afternoon or this morning, he's Aaron, bless him, he's in his room playing. And I'm like, did, are you, did you know I put that in my message? He's like, no. I said, when did you pick this song? We hadn't talked. And I'm like, God, you are so good. You just line up things because the, word, the words that came originally were the more I seek you, the more I find you. And I just, it was such a beautiful reminder that actually that's the choice we have. That's the part we play. The more we seek him, he is the one then that brings revelation. So that's his responsibility. But us positioning ourselves so that we can seek him more, that's the choice we make. So I want to speak from Ephesians. This thing's bugging me. Sorry, I'm just going to put it down. I'm just going to hang it from the back. I'm super cool. Look at me. <laughs> All right, Ephesians 3, 18 to 19. So go with me. Go with me on this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. Wow. I, God put this on my heart and I'm like, that doesn't speak to revelation, but it does. <laughs> so I want to... I want to talk through this passage. So Paul's writing this, Paul's writing this to um, the church in Ephesus. Who Ephesus was a place where it was all about pagan idol worship, right? It was just full of gods and demigods and the people in Ephesus were just a bit of a mess like that. Anyway, so Paul is writing to them because he's like, I actually need to remind you how amazing God is. 
He's encouraging them. He's like, this is who you need to remember is, has made a way for you. You need to recognise this. And in this part, he's praying for them. And actually, I kind of, I kind of love this because I was thinking, he's sitting in prison, which, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but I, every time I think about it, I, I just don't think I would be as great if I was sitting in prison, right? He's sitting in prison and he is thinking of these people in these churches, people like you and me who are just doing life, loving God, trying to work out who God is, been saved by Jesus. They're people like us. And he's sitting in prison and he is writing a letter to pray for them. And I was like, I'm just, I am challenged by that, firstly, because it's such a huge thing. I think sometimes, you know, we, we text and the more communication things we have, the harder it gets. And, you know, I was thinking sometimes I know we, we put on a message, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I'm like, do we pray? Sometimes I type out the prayer because I'm like, I am going to pray right now. <laughs> and so I think, about, I think about that. I think about Paul if he's like, oh, Ephesus, that church in Ephesus, I need to encourage them. And so he writes the letter and he prays for them in this letter. And I just love that. I really love that. And I think from that we can take away, let's not waste time. If people need prayer, let's pray. Let's just pray on the spot. doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a coffee shop. We had a great time on Friday, didn't we? It was so good. On Bible study in the middle of Chop and Chill and we've made a friends with a few of the staff there and they're great. And we had a prayer time that was absolutely amazing. And yeah, it was very cool. Prophetic words from people and it was very cool. Um, so let's just not be worried about where we do that. If God moves and says pray, let's just pray, okay? Right, so let's unpack this prayer. It's a beautiful prayer for believers, but it is also, parts of it, it's really for us now. So, I pray that out of his glorious riches, is it still up there? Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, okay, just stop on that. God's glorious riches. That's a very generous measure. That's a very generous measure. That's not, if, if it was out of Caroline's riches, you wouldn't get very far. <laughs> But God's glorious riches, everything about him, all of heaven's resources released. God has no lack. How good is that? God has no lack. doesn't matter what you need. It doesn't matter what you think you deserve. It doesn't matter what you think um, your part is and God's part is. God has no lack. So let us come before him as a father who loves us and gives good things to his children. Out of his glorious riches... What a measure. He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, the spiritual part of us. So we get that our body, our external, needs strengthening. And as some of you know, I started doing um, workouts online. My son is a... Um, our son, sorry, is a um, personal trainer. Thank you. I'm like, what is he? What is he? He's <laughs> a personal trainer. And I started, I was like, well, I can't be in Sydney doing this with you. So he set up an app and he's, he's doing this great business thing. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it at home. And I did it, I did it for a while. I did it for probably a year, actually. I was very proud of myself. And I started having no pain in my, one of my knees and I was starting to get up and down the stairs easy with no, and get out of bed, jump out of bed. And then I stopped. <laughs> and now, not so great. <laughs> 
But, you know, I know that if I want to be healthy, then I need to do those things. I need to strengthen my body. I need to make myself resilient and I need to, to go the distance. I actually need to tap into that. But do, we, do I do the same with my spiritual life? Do I go, okay, to be healthy physically, I need to do this, 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 this. I need to be healthy spiritually, I need to do this, 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 this. I think sometimes the inner man stuff goes south. And we need to think about that. It's not about being better or doing better, but it is about positioning ourselves and saying, I want the more I seek you, the more I find you. And in order to seek, we have to do something there. So it's only through the Holy Spirit this can happen. He may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, the part of us that he knows, the, uh, the part of us that only he can change. So it's actually, again, still what he does in us. We don't have to strive this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the word dwell means to stay, not to pop in and pop out, not to be like, oh, I'll come for a little bit, then I'm tapping out. God does not work like that. When he comes to dwell, he comes to stay. And this is where faith that comes through believing in Christ steps in. In John 14, I haven't got these verses up, so don't worry, Karen, it's fine. Um, John 14, 23, Jesus promises, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that beautiful? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That is permanent. That is not just a, when you're behaving, I'll come and hang out with you. He says, if you love me and you keep following what I ask, which are all good things for us, God doesn't ask us to do stuff that are not, is not good for us, we will come and make our home with him. We will dwell there. We will stay there. That's so good. This is being a disciple. Allowing him to move into our hearts and make the difference to transform us. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, we have been grafted into a relationship of love with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When we say yes to Jesus, we are grafted in. And it is only because he's done it. It's only because he's done it. And this love rooted like a tree with deep roots. And many of you know we've talked about this couple of weeks ago the tree in town green that we're all a bit devo that it got hit by lightning and yet it seems to be that the roots have not been affected so it looks like it's going to actually be fine which I'm very excited about oh I thought you were going to put your hand up and say no I heard they're cutting it down <laughs> okay no that's good so I feel like that tree's roots are deep it's 200 years old that tree they are deep roots that tree was not going to go anywhere quickly. That's the kind of that's the kind of that's the kind of word that is being talked about here. When we say yes to Jesus, God allows us to be rooted in so deep to the love that it's not nothing should be able to just knock us over. Established, known, settled. So we already have this solid foundation because God's done this for us. God's done this for us. He's grafted us in. So we are rooted and established in love. Sorry, I've broken the sentence. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, some, some translations say strength, together with all the Lord's holy people, all of us, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So we have power, strength, together with each other. It's always in community. We're not islands. We watched a great movie the other day, actually. <laughs> Aaron was a bit devastated by it. Um, it's called Pressure Point, and it was all about a rowing team in America. And it was fascinating. It was very good, but it didn't go... It wasn't a nice Hollywood... It had some things in there that were a bit gut-wrenching, and Aaron did not cope very well with some of it. He was a bit devastated. We were all a bit surprised that he was a bit devastated by it. But anyway, the, good, the movie was good. It was teaching... There was a coach that was teaching the team to be a team. And what he saw was they were all rowers that knew they could row, but they were not working together. They just were like, I sit in this seat and this is the bit I do. But they weren't making decisions as a team together for the whole. And so his job was to then get them to do that. And it was fascinating watching it. And so just on reflection in this, I'm like, this is like us. We flow together with the Holy Spirit and we watch out for each other and we, and we maybe paddle harder if somebody does can't paddle. And we, you know, that's not exact. It's not working very well as an imagery, but never mind. But I think that we need to see that we are working together. This is a community together and the power and the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us together allows us to flow in what we're called to flow in. And that's very cool. So, the other thing is that together we understand every dimension of the love of Christ. We get to share our experiences. We get to share our understanding. We get to share our, what we have experienced of God's love together. Everybody in this room has a different, maybe a different experience of what God has shown them about himself. The way it's perceived, because it's through filters that we have. And we need each other to show those dimensions. It's, it's actually really important. I, this, as I was preparing this, this song came into my head. And I don't know if any of you will know it, because my grandmother used to sing it to me. But it said, deep and wide... Deep, I won't sing it for you, but it had deep and wide, deep and wide. <laughs> There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And my grandma used to sing that to me, and I didn't understand what the heck it was about. Do you remember it? Oh, that's so cool. Maybe you should sing it. <laughs> we might sing it after. We might sing it after. Um, anyway, I didn't understand what that was about. But when I read this passage again, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is what this song is about. Paul is pointing out that Jesus has Jesus' love has dimensions to it. How wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. They are measurable things. They're measurable things. They're not limited, but they are measurable. Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon who's a famous theologian, said this. Alas, to a great many religious people, the love of Jesus is not a solid, substantial thing at all. It is a beautiful fiction, a sentimental belief, 
a formal theory, but to Paul it was a real, substantial, measurable fact. He had considered it this way and that way and the other way and it was evidently real to him, whatever it might be to others. So Paul stood back and he said, how deep, how wide, how long, how high. He looked at, God's, at Christ's love from different perspectives, different angles, and saw the dimensions of his love. Isn't that beautiful? And I was like, I think this is why it's important for us to share what our experience is of him, because we can encourage each other. And when I might be thinking, I don't feel God's love is very deep, you might say to me, well, this is my experience of the depth of his love. And that increases my faith. So may his love not just be fiction to us, but something we see, feel, measure and walk out daily. Just, uh, just a t- I just want to tap into that a little bit more. The love of Jesus has width. Now, I don't know, how many of you drive to Sydney and back a bit? Oh, not too many, a few. <laughs> Sanae loves that trip, doesn't she? <laughs> Okay, so when you go, my favourite part of the trip is when you go over the rivers and they're beautiful and there's one point, I never know where it, which part it is because I don't pay attention to the details of that, but every time I drive over it, I'm like, I wish I wasn't driving because I really want to look at this river. It's so wide. It is so wide. And I, every time I go, oh, it's fantastic. I don't know what it is about the width that I love, but I do love it. And so when I was reading this, I was thinking... That has limits. That river does have limits. But in, in the width, it's, there's beauty in the width of that. And it's stunning and it covers so much. It covers so much. So that's one thing about the width. And the length. When considering the length of God's love, ask yourself this. When did the love of God start towards me? When did the love of God start towards me? And how long will it continue? I don't know if we could answer that. Well, I mean, maybe you can. I don't think I can because I think I knew God's love when I was very little because I was introduced to his love and I can't see it ever finishing. How good is that? That is the length of his love. The height of God's love. Ask yourself, how high does it lift me? It lifts me to heavenly places where I'm seated with Christ. His love is high and his love has depth. He gave up his reputation. He gave up, he gave up his dignity, really, to be put through the death he was put through. That's love that is deep. You don't do what he did lightly. So when we think about how wide, long, deep and high God's love is, I want you to think about that for yourself. That it is measurable, but it is constant. It's constant. God's love is wide enough to include every person. Every person. And let us just be mindful that we are never to judge who is good enough to be saved by God and who isn't. His love is wide enough to include every person. His love is long enough to last through the whole of eternity. His love is deep enough to reach the worst of us. 
and his love is high enough to take us to heaven. How good is that? Beautiful. And this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. To know this, not just as facts, but to know this in the depth of who you are. Interesting, the word knowledge starts with no. <laughs> it's translated as facts and skills acquired through experience or education. So when we come and we learn something here, whether it be from something I might be sharing or something that the Lord drops into your spirit supernaturally or somebody else says something to you, we are all learning. None of us have made it because none of us fully know who God is. We don't, none of us have full revelation. So we actually need to stay humble in that space as well. We've all got something to learn. We've all got something to share. Knowing implies we're growing in knowledge. When, when Peter was... Um, well, Peter died, not a great death, but when he was nearing that, he wrote this in 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. S positioning ourselves to continue to grow. To never think we can't learn more. To never think we've made it. Filled to the measure of the fullness of God. This is a huge thing to pray. I love this. I love that Paul's like, I'm going to pray this over you. Filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Paul understood what he was asking though. He knew what he was praying, otherwise he wouldn't have prayed it. God is so other and outside of us. He is so outside of our finite understanding. The fullness of him could never be contained in us. However, this quote highlights, I found this quote, this highlights what I think Paul is saying. So this is from C.S. Lewis's book called The Screwtape Letters. Has anybody read that? Okay, lots of C.S. Lewis fans have read it. If you haven't read I haven't read it and I need to read it because... Dave always talks about it and I need to read it. But anyway, it's a basically a book. It's a fictional book where um, one of the elder demons is writing about all the Christians, right, and how they're going to get them. So he writes this. An elder demon is writing to his young nephew, attempting to explain God's grand plan for humankind. So this is the demon talking, okay? One must face the fact that all the talk about his God's love for men and his service being perfect freedom is not, as one would gladly believe, mere propaganda, but an appalling truth. He really does want to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome little replicas of himself, creatures whose life on miniature scale will be qualitatively like his own, not because he has absorbed them, but because their wills freely conform to his. Isn't that beautiful? Their will freely conforms to his. When we lay down ourself and our own stuff and we pick up the fullness of God, we become like Christ. And our wills freely conform to his. It's worship. That is worship with our life. So the Bible tells us we shouldn't brag or base our self-esteem on our wisdom or our education. We're not going to be people that say, I know God because I know, I know, I've learned all this stuff. And I have to think about this as I'm studying because I'm learning things that, that are new to me and I'm enjoying it, I'm loving it, but I don't, I'm not doing it so I can just be a smarty pants or say, oh, I got a diploma. 
I'm doing it because I actually want to position myself to grow more. And it's been challenging. Paul Werner was, <laughs> I was talking to him right at the beginning saying, I don't even understand referencing. I've never been to uni. I don't know. He was like, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> and so was Emma. Emma was great encouragement to me. Um, we are to give glory not to ourselves but to the one who deserves it. He is the one who deserves all the glory. When we, when we are in relationship with people and they do something amazing, we want to honour them and we shout out loudly about them, right? I mean, if you had, let's just say you were related to an Olympic athlete and they came first in their sport, I can guarantee you would not be like, oh, I can't talk about it really. You would be shouting it out, <laughs> shouting out that your niece, nephew, uncle, auntie, whatever... You'd be shouting out that you knew this person. We'd all be name-dropping, right? We would all be name-dropping. But we should freely name-drop him. We should freely boast in him. We love him. He loves us. So revelation, again, is God's... That's God's ability. That's God's responsibility to show us who he is. Revelation from him to us. But it is our response to believe and trust in who he says he is. In every moment of every day. And, and so next week, um, we want you to think about... We're going to have a testimony Sunday again because we haven't had one of those for a while. And the purposes of those things is to increase our faith and to bring glory to him. Okay, that is the purpose of them. We don't just do that because we're like, ah, oh, we don't know what else to do. Let's just do that. We do that because actually we are, we are called to make his name famous. And I've really got that expression that's going round and round all the time. Make his name famous and give him glory. So I really want you to think about between now and next week, think about something where you have had revelation directly from God in maybe the last, you know, recently, not, not something necessarily something that happened 30 years ago, but recently. It doesn't need to be overthought. It doesn't need to be bigger than Ben-Hur. And these, I realise that expression doesn't mean anything to people who are under 20 probably. It's a big movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> probably what we'd say now is bigger than Titanic or something or what's the other one? Bigger Avatar. Bigger than Avatar. There you go. That's a bit more um, in the day, isn't it? Um, so it doesn't have to be this massive big thing, but God's revelation is, when it comes, it is sweet, it is pure, it is beautiful. And so I want us to think about that and to share that next week. So the idea is that this will be going around the room and you get to share to increase our faith as well in what, how God has revealed to you who he is. And it might be a really personal thing. It might be something that... Um, Actually, I'm not going to say any more about it. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm clear because I can waffle a bit and then be like, did I even say what I meant to say? <laughs> but we are people here. His love is deep for us. We get to know him. We position ourselves where we are ready to know him more. And revelation from him comes when we seek him and we say, we want to know you more. We want to know you more deeply. So show me who you are. And he is faithful to do that. He is absolutely faithful to do that. So 
I just want to pray over us, but also I really feel like there are people here who actually need revelation about some things that might be going on for them personally and would like God to speak into it. So what we're going to do is maybe um, maybe you guys can just come up and just play. Um, and I'm just going to... Actually, you know what? It's not about me at all. If you want prayer, we'll just get, we're just going to make space over here. Anyone that wants to pray, come pray. Anyone that needs prayer, come pray. Just identify which one you're there for. And let's just... <laughs> Just like we could have a bunch of people all standing in a row and no one knows what they're doing. But, you know, God is a God who is faithful. He answers prayer. Do we know he answers prayer? Is he good? Does he love us? Right. So we have no fear coming to him and saying, yes, I want prayer. Stand with me. Let's believe together. So let me just pray over us. God, I want to thank you right now that you are a God who absolutely brings revelation when it's needed that that is your part. You are committed to reveal yourself to us. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that all we need to do, all you ask of us to do is to respond, is to position ourselves where we say, we want to seek you and we want to find you and we want to know you. God, I thank you. You are looking for belief and trust from us. And sometimes it's hard to believe and trust. But Lord, I thank you that you can give us everything we need. You can give us the power and the strength in our inner man to do that, to step into that. So I pray, Lord, right now that your Holy Spirit will fall in this place and minister where it's needed. I ask that we will be true to setting course with you. Lord, we want to be people who make your name famous and give you glory for who you are. We don't want to be people who just have knowledge for knowledge's sake. We want to experience you. We want to experience the depth, the height, the breadth, the width of your love for us and for the world around us. So, Lord, right now I ask that you'll bring revelation, fresh revelation of yourself to each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.